Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. It's Monday, August 1st. I'm Peggy Lowe, filling in for Nomeen Ujiadine. Coming up, Republicans have gotten most of the attention in the U.S. Senate primary in Missouri, but there is a competitive Democratic primary, too. Tell me if you believe Democrats actually have a chance to win in Missouri this year. While it's an uphill battle, there's certainly a chance. And three Democrats are vying for a seat on the Jackson County Legislature to represent the district with the highest number of Hispanic residents. One candidate hopes he will become one of the few elected Latino officials in the county. It's clearly about the future of the Hispanic community. But first, some headlines. The Johnson County Sheriff says he's been investigating more than 200 tips of election fraud his office has received since last fall. But as the Midwest Newsroom's Steve Vakrat reports, there's no paper trail to prove that. Sheriff Calvin Hayden offered no specifics as to why his office is investigating past elections. Despite claiming to have received more than 200 tips alleging election fraud, his office produced a KCUR the cover page of just one such report. Other government agencies in charge of law enforcement or overseeing elections don't know much about Hayden's investigation either. The Johnson County District Attorney's Office said that it's not involved in what the sheriff is doing and has received no cases to review. The Kansas Secretary of State, which oversees elections, said it received no inquiries from Hayden's office. Its own investigation of questions and concerns about fraud in Johnson County turned up no evidence. COVID-19 caseloads in the Kansas City region remain high. KCUR's Luke Martin reports the region saw an average of 426 new cases each day over the last week. According to the Mid-America Regional Council, caseloads have reached the highest weekly rolling average since February. But the surge isn't leading to many more hospitalizations, says Missouri Hospital Association spokesman Dave Dillon, because most Missourians already have some level of immunity. Our problem is that at this point, reporting of COVID infections is much different than it was a year and a half ago. Dillon says an abundance of at-home testing means many infections don't get reported to health agencies. Still, he says the big challenge for hospitals now is staffing. Add $15 million from Johnson County to the record-breaking tax subsidies Panasonic is getting to build a factory in DeSoto. The county commission late last week approved $7.5 million for road improvements and another $7.5 million for a new fire station. Even though the county is using leftover federal pandemic relief money, Commissioner Charlotte O'Hara voted no on both. This isn't like just money from heaven. This is money that is coming out of taxpayers' pockets, whether we're paying it in as federal income tax or we're paying it in as county property tax. It all comes from the same pocket. Commissioner Michael Ashcroft voted no on the fire station, but yes on the road improvements. The rest of the commission supported the whole package. The state has promised 4,000 jobs from the $4 billion project, but there is no guarantee that many jobs will be created. If you've watched any local television in the last few weeks, you've been inundated with political ads. 
Many of them are about the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate seat. But there's also a primary for the Democrats, as KCUR's Sam Zev reports. The big-name Republicans running for Senate in the Missouri primary next week have gotten most of the attention in the campaign so far. But there's also a competitive Democratic race. Tell me if you believe Democrats actually have a chance to win in Missouri this year. While it's an uphill battle, there's certainly a chance. That's UMKC political scientist Deborah Leiter. She says there is a chance either Lucas Kuntz or Trudy Bush Valentine could win in November. There is one other Democrat in the race, Spencer Todd, but she says Valentine and Coots are the leading candidates, and a poll from Emerson College this week bears that out. There are two reasons, Leiter says, Democrats have a chance this year. First, while Missouri is solidly Republican, there is a Democratic state auditor, and you don't have to go too far back to find a time when Democrats were competitive. Second one is that the candidates for senator on the Republican side are perhaps a little bit more extreme than the party was expecting. Specifically, she means this candidate. I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino. All of the Republicans running for Senate are pro-gun rights, anti-abortion rights, and all have sought Donald Trump's endorsement. But many national Republicans fear a Greitens candidacy. Politically, there isn't much difference between Kuntz, a lawyer, and Valentine, a nurse. They're both for abortion rights, and they're both for more gun control. Valentine calls for an assault weapons ban. Kuntz hasn't gone that far, but he supports more extensive background checks and red flag laws. Both talk about health care, but while Valentine says on her website that everyone deserves quality health care, Kuntz is calling for universal health care. So, says Leiter, we need to look at how they're campaigning. Valentine has taken an empathetic approach. Well, the focus has been on cooling the temperature, so to speak. You can hear that in this ad. There have been hundreds of lawyers elected to the U.S. Senate. And lots of career politicians. But there's never been a nurse. Let's change that. I'm Trudy Bush Valentine. I was born into a beer brewing family, had six kids of my own, and was a nurse for abused children and seniors in hospice care. Now I'm Of course, that beer stand. brewing family is heir to the Anheuser-Busch fortune, and Bush has been a longtime contributor to Democrats. So says Leiter, it's not surprising she's picked up a lot of union endorsements and the endorsements of two important urban politicians, Kansas City Congressman Emanuel Cleaver and former St. Louis Congressman William Lacey Clay. Lucas Kuntz, on the other hand, is taking a different strategy for Democrats uh, in that he's been appealing to a lot of rural voters, disaffected voters, voters frustrated with the current uh, economic and political position. You can hear that in this ad. For Lucas Kuntz, service started early when his family was bankrupted by medical bills. Kuntz's neighbors, who had no more than they did, got them through. Kuntz fights for universal health care because no family should have to go through that. When Lucas joined the Marines, it was to serve the community that took care of me. Now, our democracy, Roe v. Wade, it's all on the line. And I'm of course, money is always a factor, and Kuntz has raised $4.7 million, more than all of the candidates in the race, including Republicans. FEC reports show Valentine has raised $3.4 million, but that's a bit deceptive since she's loaned her campaign $3 million, small change given that she reported a net worth of at least $67 million on her financial disclosure report. The other Democrat in the race, Spencer Toder, is a small business owner from St. Louis, 
and has raised $1.5 million, but he's also loaned his campaign $882,000. Three Democrats are running to fill a seat on the Jackson County Legislature that covers Kansas City's commercial core. It's being vacated by Scott Burnett, and it's one of the legislature's most diverse districts. One of those candidates is Manny Abarca, who's hoping to be one of the few elected Hispanic officials in the county. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal reports. On a map, Jackson County's first district resembles an upside-down U. The district spans the river market from downtown to midtown to the Country Club Plaza and has more than 125,000 people. It also has the highest concentration of Hispanic people in Jackson County, 21%, according to the 2020 census. But that percentage isn't reflected in local government, particularly the Jackson County Legislature. In the August 2nd Democratic primary, Jackson County voters will have a chance to pick a Hispanic candidate who, if elected in November, would be the first in more than a decade to serve in the legislature. So I'm fourth generation Mexican-American. My great-grandparents on both sides came across the Mexican border to work here in the city. And their, their roots and foundation are what runs in my blood. That's Manny Abarca, who's vying with two others for the seat. Abarca, who is 34, is a longtime Kansas Cityan, and he's running to fill the first district seat being vacated by Scott Burnett. He recently ended his tenure working for U.S. Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, whose district includes Kansas City. He's now the executive director of Fair Contracting Alliance, a nonprofit that focuses on working conditions in the construction industry. He's also serving his second term on the Kansas City Public Schools Board. He's running against Jeff Gerling, a former leader of the Jackson County Democratic Party, and Justice Horn, a community activist and member of Kansas City's LGBTQ Commission, who is also hoping to break barriers by becoming the first queer person of color to be elected to the legislature. Well, also being a young person and a person of the LGBTQ community, you know, I understand that our diversity is our strength, especially when we lean into it and embrace it and uplift that. Horn, who is 24, identifies as Black, Indigenous, and Asian American Pacific Islander. Horn says it's important for elected officials to represent all of their constituents. So I think the most important things is, you know, I continue to be an ally of communities I don't represent. Gerling, who's 39, recognizes how diverse the district is. He says his longtime Kansas City residency would help him in office. So when you take a look at the first district, I have a very personal connection to every single part of it. Abarca says his election would mean a lot to Kansas City's growing Hispanic community. Me running and potentially winning means that we have another person at another body and I've opened a pathway for someone else in the future. We've not had anyone in over a decade and I would be the third ever since 1826, the foundation of the county. That possibility a Hispanic person in county government to represent Kansas City's most heavily Hispanic neighborhoods is not lost on folks supporting his campaign. Like John Fierro, president of the Maddie Road Center, a Kansas City nonprofit. It's clearly about the future of the Hispanic community. Fierro says he's frustrated over the lack of Hispanic and Latino representation in local government. That just doesn't sit well with me, especially when nationally 
the Hispanic population is the largest minority in this country. Those numbers are real. I don't know what else we have to convey to demonstrate that we need to be a part of everybody's agenda. The last time a Hispanic person held a seat in the Jackson County Legislature was 2003, when Teresa Garza was elected. She served until 2015. Here's Garza. You know, that old saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So I think that it's extremely important that we make sure we have the representation of what our community looks like. Some members of Jackson County's Hispanic community are hoping Abarca will fill that role. Democratic voters will get to weigh in on the first district race on August 2nd. Whoever wins the Democratic primary for that seat will face off in November against Republican Christina McDonough Hunt, the sole Republican in the GOP primary. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Salisa Kalakal. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Peggy Lowe, filling in for Nomi Nujiadine. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Gabe Rosenberg. Tomorrow is Election Day, so fill up your democracy tank on our many election stories at kcur.org, where you can also find our voters' guides. If you like Kansas City Today, please share us on your social media or leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm KCUR Studios intern Paris Norvell. Every episode of A People's History of Kansas City brings you up close and personal with a particular person's story, and there's over like 20 episodes waiting for you right now. Like one about the founder of Kansas City's famous barbecue flavor, or about how a local broadcaster carved out a space for black-owned radio. And there's so many more stories ready for you to discover. Check out the vault of past episodes of A People's History of Kansas City. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app.